Okay, it's good to see everyone that's made it out today, and we're so glad you're here. We're uh, waiting on uh, some of those to uh, head back for their Sunday school class today. We'll continue on with our Bible studies in eschatology. I know we've taken a little bit of a break uh, from that point of view, but I'd like for you to take your Bibles and let's go to uh, the book of Revelation chapter 13. And we'll continue on with our studies from there. There are a new set of notes that are in the back for anyone who would be interested. Uh, you're more than welcome to go ahead and grab those notes as well, and I pray the Lord will bless there also. Uh, a lot of, uh, of activity has happened uh, today, as well as um, some of the other information that has happened, and I want you all to be aware of this also. Um, Brother Samurai, or Samaru, had uh, brought up the attention to us that his wife had a stroke. So we need to be in prayer for her. Um, this was passed on to me by Brother McCool over at uh, King's Edition in South Shore. So we need to be praying for them. And also Mindy Coffey is not doing well. Uh, she is still fluctuating with her blood, uh, going up and down. Her hemoglobin right now is 10.6. Really, if for your, your hemoglobin count, I think it needs to be right around 14. Uh, don't hold me to that because uh, mine is irregular as well. But anyway, uh, she has been feeling weak. She'll have moments of energy followed by great periods of uh, depression and everything or, you know, being sagged down. So pray for Mindy. And last but not least, pray for uh, Brother uh, uh James, Brother Frank James and his wife Sid. Sid's got to come back and that means Frank does as well. Uh, her health is taking a continual decline and they need our prayers. So like I said, the last 48 uh, to 78 hours have been uh, kind of a challenge to us. We want to take our Bibles and we're going to read towards the end of the chapter in chapter uh, 13. And notice what it says of uh, the book of Revelation begin with verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the earth, and them which dwell therein, to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he goeth, and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh air come to heaven. Okay, I can myself. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles power to do, and the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image of the beast which had wound by a sword, and did live. And he that hath power to give life unto the image of the beast should both repeat, um, should both speak, and cause as many as would worship uh, the image of the beast should be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast and the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that understandeth counteth the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and 6. Let us pray. Again, Father, as we spend some time today around thy word, I pray that you will guide us and that you will help us to understand the things that are written from your word. And help us not to uh, make it more than it needs to be. Let us not visualize your word, but Lord, 
Let us read it for what it is and apply it for the way it is. And help us, dear Father, to be faithful in all things. So guide us and use us, see fit, Father, to bless us in all things. And may we rejoice in you, for it's in Christ we pray. Amen. Now, the notes that I've had in the back, if you'll notice, we're going to go to, to number three, Roman numeral number three. And we talked about the end of Satan uh, and the march that is there. Now, there's two things that I want you to look at, and this comes from verse 11 and 12. And I beheld the beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and calls the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now, I want you to get this this two-horned lamb of God, or lamb of uh, the earth. And I believe that this is the Lamb of Satan, not the Lamb of God. Once again, I want you to see this. Over in John chapter 1, when Jesus Christ is introduced to the world at that time, in 29, it says, And the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now understand this, is that every time that we look at the Scripture, we're seeing the mimic of Satan, the mimicry of Satan, as he wants to portray the information to get people to believe that he is God. Now, I understand this, and, and we're going to get into a lot of the details about Satan today. He has to mimic God, in other words, in order to get people to follow him. Now, let me explain this to you. So, if you will, uh, you want to keep your place here. And we're going to go over to the book of Isaiah, chapter 14. So let's go to Isaiah, chapter 14. And I want us to look at the I wills of Satan. And in chapter 14 of the, of the book of Isaiah, let's go down, if you will, uh, to verses 12 through 15. Notice what it says. And how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Thou art cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations. Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the, the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Now I want you to understand that everything that you these are the five I wills of Satan. Now understand this. The number five has two points. Number one is death, and the other one is the point of grace. So when you think about everything that we're seeing here today, we're seeing the, this death that Satan really has a desire. And the only way that Satan can advance his mentality or his direction is the mentality and the strength of man. You know, it isn't a surprise to me that I see technology improving all the time. Uh, let's put it this way. We're, we're now seeing a flight of airplanes in such a way that there is remarkable, remarkable changes in, in the aircraft. Uh, the 787 is now can fly for literally around the globe without ever having to be refilled, mainly because of the composites, the engines, and things like that that are there. We're seeing uh, electric engines that are being added to aircraft and uh, how that they will be especially useful uh, uh, in the short term. 
Remember this, is that Satan will convince everyone in this world to follow after him, but he has no power within himself. Now, to prove that to you, I want us to go to John chapter 8, and we're going to see all of the different things that are there. Now, we see the five I wills that are going to be mentioned to us in um, Isaiah chapter 14, but look what Jesus had to say about Satan from the beginning. In John chapter 8, I'm get over there real quick. In John chapter 8, we go down to verse 44. And again, what is it that the Lord said regarding Satan? And it said, um, make sure I'm in the right place. There it goes. And in John chapter 8, we're going to go down and notice it says in verse 44, Ye are your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer. So did you ever think about this, that the murder that was tied up in Cain was a matter of rebellion as well as the product of Satan himself? But notice it said he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. How do we know that? Well, remember this. He said to Eve, thou shalt not die. Now, what was it that he was speaking of? He was speaking of the physical death, or was he speaking of the spiritual death, or both? Anyway, Satan knows certain things about the mankind that has been made. And he's had the opportunity for nearly, well, for over 6,000 years to model and to research and to know man as we know it. But once again, he was a, he is a, uh, when he speak, he speaketh a lie. He speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The reality is, is that he will be exposed, but remember this, Satan cannot do anything without the direct permission of God. Now let's go back and let's see if I'm not right on that. Let's go to the book of Job, and let's go to chapter 1. And in Job chapter 1, we find that there is a that is given when God makes mention of, have you considered my servant Job? Notice again in verse 9. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him? And by the way, let me just say this. If you do not pray that God will hedge about you, you ought to engage in that right now. Always pray that God will protect us. We sing a song uh, about never being, never wanting to be in strife or in difficulties or anything else for that matter. But never wanting there is what the, the scripture says. You know, every one of us have a certain or a particular fear of what this what's going to be into the afterlife. We fear death. Why? Because death is something that's not a part of us. I know what it feels like to have pain. I know what it's like to have surgery. I know what it's like to be worn out. I know all those particular things. But the one thing that I do not know is how to die. Neither does anyone else. And so think about this. The many who, martyr, who were martyred along the way, they faced death in a very particular way, a very powerful way. And there is a lot more emphasis that we should be prepared for persecution. I'm not saying that we shouldn't prepare for that, because persecution may indeed come along our, this way. But remember, God will not allow Satan to do anything against us until his perfect will will be in, entwined in it. Notice again in verse 10, Hast thou made a hedge about him? Again, the prayer of hedge. And about his house and all that he hath on every side and hath blessed the works of thy hands. And his substance is increased in the land. 
but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face so notice that Satan said now if you touch him Lord he will curse you but notice what the Lord says to him and the Lord said Satan behold all in thy power in other words you have the ability to take everything from him but notice what he says only upon him put not forth thy hand in other words save him alive so all the things that Job had were taken away from him only because God gave Satan the permission to inflict Job at that particular point and in verse 13 and there was a day when the sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's home now once again that's the one area I want us to go over if you will to chapter 2 and let's see what we find there as well now remember Job maintained his integrity he did not curse God instead he worshipped God and gave thanks to God for what he did once again in Job chapter 2 Satan again appears to the Lord now in chapter 2 verse 4 and Satan answered the Lord and said skin for skin now this is an interesting point because at this point Satan keeps seeing how close he can get to Job without God saying you have to stop right there now notice what he says here skin for skin yea all now this is an interesting point and I want us to all to think about this for a moment how many of us cherish life on this earth so much that we will sacrifice that which God has given us now I'm hoping that everyone in this church has that same mentality that they would never sacrifice you know what the, the good we have upon this earth because the fact of the matter is when we will stand before God only that which is done for Christ will last look at verse 5 but put forth thine hand once again he is now saying now if you will touch him again and God's not going to do the touching look at this and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face and the Lord said to Satan and once again the permission that the Lord gives and the Lord said unto Satan behold he is in thy hand but save his life if you don't have save his life underscored you need to do that once again, God puts a restriction on Satan, saying, you cannot take his life. Isn't it interesting that God knew, knows exactly where Satan is going to go? And so, at that moment, he said, no, you can do anything you want to him. And, of course, we know about the great boils that, that began to uh, be pulled upon his head. And so, the one thing I want us to understand is that God has already chosen the way that he's going to protect. Let's go to, back to the book of Revelation just for a moment. And I want us to look at chapter 12. Now this time, when we take a look at Revelation chapter 12, we're going to go down to verse 12 and read to the end of the chapter. This again is referring to Israel. It's not referring to the Gentile nations. Now again, I'm not trying to fight uh, the many people that believe against what we believe. I am not a Jew. I'm not Israel. I am sovereign grace. I am a Baptist. I am, I am saved and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now that's it. What I have is still that Gentile mentality. I don't have, I'm not restricted 
by the laws of the Old Testament. I believe that with all my heart. The laws of the Old Testament were to prove that I fail in trying to make myself righteous. That's the purpose of the law. That's what Galatians 3 says. But notice what the Lord says as he brings back the redemption to Israel. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Now who's the inhabitants of the earth? This is going to be everyone that is upon the earth at this particular time, Jew and Gentile, and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Do you understand that all this technology shows to me that Satan has but a short time? Now think about this for a moment. What do we always see is the end game for Satan? And that is the threat of death. Now think about that for a moment. The threat of death. And he has been given permission by God to bring death into place. Now, personally, I believe that we will be taken upon the earth before this long ever happens. But one of the things we've got to understand, until the Lord does call us upon the earth, there's a couple things we need to understand. His plan and his role is still to call Israel forth, and the world shall see Israel. Look at verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Who did he persecute? Israel. Now, I understand, we too have been partakers of that persecution. But why? Because we are blessed of Isaac. We have been redeemed of Isaac. And so because Isaac brought forth Jacob, Jacob brought forth Judah, Judah throughout his lineage, we find that that comes with Jesus Christ in that line. He is the king forevermore. And Satan has a particular hatred for Israel... Because out of Israel came redemption. Look what else it says in verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings. Now why do we have two wings? Because without with just one wing you can't fly fast enough or you'd fly in a circle. Of a great eagle, and that she might fly into the wilderness and to her place where she is nourished for times and times and half a time from the face of the, of the serpent. Now once again, we're talking about the midpoint. So this particular screen that we have in the back is talking about the midpoint and all of these things that are getting ready to happen at this particular time. Now there's another part that we want to see to it here shortly. And the serpent cast out of his mouth as a flood into the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. So it is Satan's determination to destroy Israel, not just, not just Judah. All we want to do that. Do you realize Satan wanted to destroy Jesus Christ? If we are in agreement, then we can nod our heads to that. We can we just finished studying about the birth of Christ and how that even with um, with Rachel's lament, there was a de desire to destroy Jesus Christ. Once again, that is all part of prophecy. Number two. We see all the way, let's move all the way up to the time of Hitler, and this is uh, beyond all the other persecutions. Now, the Jews have always been persecuted and pushed, persecuted and pushed, persecuted and pushed. How do I know that? How many of us remember, uh, anyone ever watched the movie uh, Fiddler on the Roof? If you ever watched the musical Fiddler on the Roof, what's that about? The truth 
depth of it is, you have a Jewish community inside of Russia, and they're no longer wanted. And so, no longer wanted, the Jews in front of they receive the message, where they receive the message, had to flee away from Russia. We find the same thing with Germany. Do you realize that part of the reason that the German people were improved and uh, that they were growing so quickly was because of the Jewish influence? But how many of us also know that there was something that came about because of evil and it was called the final solution? Remember that? And if you ever study the German history, you will find that the final solution was not to rid the world of Christianity, but to rid the world of the Jews. And so the millions of Jews that died in concentration camps is all a signal of what God is going to deliver them with. I believe, and you know, many people might want to argue with me with this, I, I don't care. I believe there was a purpose of why we see uh, Israel persecuted in, in Israel, or you know, in Germany. That is so that they could have the place of their, own, uh, of their own in Israel. Now once again, this to you, and this goes back to 1948. The moment that Israel was given permission meant that they had to secure Israel to themselves. There were many Americans. Matter of fact, the only nation that recognized their right to be in Palestine was America. If you want to see a movie and, and make some sense out of it, watch Cast a Giant Shadow. But reality is, there was a sympathy that had been generated within America, and that sympathy stretched all the way into Israel. And the reality is, is that when Israel became a nation on her own, then all of this began to set in place. Consider 1948 all the way up to the present. From the time that Israel was made a nation, there has been wars to snuff them out, to drive them into the sea, the victories of God over top of them. How that in 1967, 1973, and even now, the wars that are constantly looming, and these things are just a particular point. You know, many people ask me a lot of times, they'll say, well, this attack is going to come by Germany. We don't know all the details of what's going to come when Germany uh, and Russia and all these other company, countries begin to attack Israel. But this we know. God is still going to preserve this people. Look what else it says. And the earth helped the woman. Why does the woman need the help? It is the particular position that when she flees to the wilderness, he will do everything he can to bring a great flood to wash out the woman. But it says that the earth opened up its mouth. Look what it says. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened up her mouth. At that particular moment, the waters were, are going to be swallowed up. Could this be, uh, could this be metaphorical? I don't think so. We ought to understand that there, are, there is a great devastation that can occur because of the floods of waters. How many of us have ever uh, gone back and studied the history of Johnstown, Pennsylvania? For those of you that don't know about it, Johnstown, Pennsylvania was 
uh, literally at the bite a large lake, if you will. And, uh, you know, during the time of Carnegie and everyone else, the dam had been shut down so that they could pass carriage. Well, when the dam broke, it allowed tons and tons and tons, millions of tons of water to flood down Jamestown. And in fact, they found people's bodies all the way down to Cincinnati. That's how, how devastating it was. It led to something good because Carnegie, uh, or Carnegie as many of you all might hear him refer to, used his funds to help not only rebuild Jamestown, but to bring libraries and, and Carnegie Hall and things like that into place. All right, let's go ahead and let's continue on. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. So now here is the thing I want us to look at. There's a desire to destroy the woman. So while you're seeing all the in chapter 12, Satan has to take and call for all Revelation chapter 13. They too may receive the mark of the beast. Not everyone that is of Israel is of Israel. And I think that's so important for us to go back in and look at Romans chapter 11 where it says concerning the elect. There are those that are elect for this particular position. There are those who will have the heart to not only keep with what God has given them, but they are going to be a, a little remnant Maybe a million, maybe two million, maybe seven thousand. I don't know how many is it, it, it. How many is it going to be? But this is the one thing we can understand. There's a remnant that is going to be allowed to see God's victory, and they believe and they trust in God. One other thing I want us to destroy, or want us to see, is in Job chapter forty. Let's go over there just for a moment. In Job chapter forty. There's a question that is brought to Job, and I want us to make sure that we, uh, we have a good understanding of this. In Job chapter 40, let me get over there real quick. There we go. Notice that again, in verse 1, this particular, this one particular verse. Now, we have already talked about Revelation. We've already talked about chapter 12. But I want you to look at this question. Canst thou draw Leviathan with a hook? Now there are many that they don't understand who Leviathan is. Is this Satan? It could be. And especially when you begin to take a look at some of the powers and abilities of, uh, of Leviathan. But even if it's just a dragon, consider this for a moment. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook or his tongue with a cord when thou lettest down? In other words, can you fish him out? Can you bring him out? Can you do any of these things? Can some put a hook into his nose or bore his jaw through with a thorn? Will he make any supplications unto thee? Will he speak soft words unto thee? I, I will believe that at one time dragons could talk. And you say, well, where do you get that? Well, we know that in the Garden of Eden, we know how that uh, a serpent spoke to Eve. So there was nothing unusual about this particular position. Verse 4. Will he make a covenant with thee? Now wait a minute. Since when do dragons make a covenant? 
Since when is Satan ever controlled or brought into place by a covenant? Now the reason that I bring this up is because Israel will be drawn into a delusion. And there will be a madness that will now affect Israel to such a point of, that where we're at here in Revelation chapter 13 that they will either follow after the Lord Jesus Christ or they will continue to follow after Satan. Now there's a lot of people in this world today that they have a great hatred for Israel. But I want you to see what it says beginning in verse 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. Now, I don't expect anybody else to listen to me. And maybe there's those even in this church that don't want to listen. But I want you to see what it says. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Now, once again, this is a wonderful statement in itself because it is referring back to Israel and all of those that are on the earth at the moment that they trust in Christ. Now, we, we are literally at a place right now to where I have so many people that they'll ask this question to me. Well, what about AI? Artificial intelligence? What about all these other things? May I point this out to you? AI is just a small portion of what we are to understand. Have you ever thought why the world will want to follow after the things of God? Now, I want you to understand this. I, I, I am studying German mainly because I speak a little German and I want to know more about the German language uh, with the hopes that eventually I'll get to visit my son in Germany. But with that in mind, I want you to think about this just for a moment. All my studies, all my applications, everything that I do in German still limits me to a particular scope of people. Well, do you realize that our phones, right now, these cell phones that we have in our pocket, you can download an app to where you can speak into it in English, translate it into any other language, and they will hear it. How many of you all know that that camera, this camera, is ever on and it can record any place and anything we do. I remember many years ago when I was first in the military and that uh, I received word that there is a computer in Belgium, how many of you remember this, that was called the Beast. Remember that? Well guess what? The Beast was called the Beast because it took up so much space. But what that beast was able to take up as far as space is now reduced to very small. And not only that, but think about this. The world is instant in its, in its decision making, in its abilities, in everything around the world. There have been multitudes of things that have happened along the way. In the 1980s, I remember that I, I went to work for a little company called Eastman Kodak. And in Kodak, there was one man, he said, he brought out this little black box, and it was called the Timex Sinclair. And it was literally, it had no games, had nothing else, it was just to teach you programming. And so he said, we know that BASIC will work with this. And so he was teaching his kids how to do BASIC programming. I wish I had enough intelligence at that time to invest. Later on came the TI-994, then came Commodore. But the biggest thing was a company that was called IBM. And when 
IBM came on the scene, what they did is they, they made computers affordable and available to the masses. The downfall of IBM was that when after they had created the 386, they said, world as we know it doesn't need anything faster. Well, guess what? Everybody wanted faster. 486, Pentium, Pentium 2s, right on down the line to where we have our technology as it is today. The softwares that occurred. Then, then came the World Wide Web. How many of you ever used the web? How many of you use a phone book right now? I want to see a show of hands how many people use a phone book. And how many will look up a phone number on www? We don't use phone books anymore. How many of us mail and how many of us use online banking or we use emails or anything else of that nature? The reality is, and I hear this all the time, that the World Wide Web has brought us closer together. Is it bringing us close together? Or is it bringing us into more danger? And there's two verses I want you to see. One is in the book of Luke chapter 18. And in Luke chapter 18, I think it's verse 7 and 8. Look what it says in verse 7. Luke chapter 18, verse 7. And shall not the God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? How many of us really pray every day, and really when the Lord is saying this, there is an injustice that we need to be praying about. But we don't pray about that injustice. Notice what it says in verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge him speedily. Now when is he going to do this? And I would say at the end times. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Now that's a great question, isn't it? Will he find faith on the earth? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 20. Well, let's go first of all, Matthew chapter uh, 16. And notice that there really is an answer to this. In Matthew chapter 16, we can go down to verse 18, and it says, But I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, when the Lord comes, there's got to be, it may not be as many churches as we know of today, but there are, I believe that there are still going to be churches. In fact, there's only two things that the Lord promises that will continue on. Number one is grace, and the other one is found in, in Matthew chapter 24, and let's go down to verse 35. And notice again, here is the promise of what God said is going to continue on even to, till tomorrow. Notice what it says, heaven and earth shall pass away. So even the planet we are on is going to pass away, a new heaven and a new earth. But one thing will stand supreme. What is that? But my word shall not pass away. Do you realize that even though people want to argue over what's in Revelation chapter 13, it's not going to change anything because what it's not going to change is the purpose of God's plan. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing to me. So we're going to get into a lot more right now because of our time. We want to have the Lord's Supper. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. But we ask that the Lord will continue to bless and guide. So help us, dear Father, to take these things into hand. Let us be faithful unto you and guide and bless now. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. We're dismissed.